2: to the collectingcars.com podcast with chris harris
1: hello and welcome to another collecting cars podcast this one being a bit visual as you can see we have some very very special guests today um formula one world champion damon hill uh and sports car ace and sports car champion Derek bell uh now this is not a normal format podcast we're here to talk about a charity these guys support that does some great work, and like all charities, has had a rough time of it in 2020 because they can't get out there and do the events that bring the money in. So, in collecting cards, we're going to help by doing an online auction for Veloci. Okay, so Veloci was created by a guy called um, uh, Chris Butnell in 2017. Um, and uh, it, they created a track day situation at Goodwood, right? And they got a load of fantastic cars. And I'm not talking about normal cars 250 GTOs, Alpha 8Cs, amazing stuff like that. And got drivers like Damon and like Derek to come down and uh, and take people for rides. And it, it made a load of money. So this time round, they decided the best thing to do is to get some very generous people to give away um, lots on an auction, which you can now go and bid on over there. Have a look at the links. Um, and we thought we'd discuss some of those. And then also have a... Well, you can't have a brief chat with these two legends, but have a chinwag with them about what's going on. So, guys, how long have you been involved with this thing? Did you do the first event when it was out there?
3: Uh, are you talking to Derek or me? Both of <laughs> you. I didn't do the first one, so it must be Derek. Go on, Derek. <laughs> yeah, I did.
2: I, I've done them all, yeah. I, I, oh, actually, I think I might have had to miss one, because for some reason, Chris puts it on a track when it clashes, with an event I've been doing in America during in that month, but I did do, I, di- I didn't do last year, but I did the the ones two before that. So I did do the one Damon didn't do. With,
1: now Damon, I've, I've I've seen, I actually was watching footage of you at Goodwood last week on a motorcycle.
0: So yeah.
1: you, are, you you do like the place, don't you?
3: Well, that was um, that was Barry Sheen's fault. I blame him any any trouble I got into it is Barry's fault um but uh he persuaded me to do that was going back to when I was actually still racing that was uh I think it was 99 uh and um so I, I got special dispensation I asked Eddie I think Eddie wanted me to crash Eddie Jordan wanted me to crash so that he could uh basically kick me out of the team and, and claim the insurance or something but um so it was a bit mad but I did it and great fun I felt safer on a bike honestly because I've done goodwood in some of the older cars uh, the kind of you know priceless ferraris and stuff but you look at the frames i mean derek can tell you look at the things that they're made out of and the, the tubes are that thin got yeah, you're not meant to be that, that intelligent. intelligent
2: you're not meant to be that
3: intelligent oh, no, look no, I'm sorry I, i'm used to carbon fiber now i can't look at those things anymore
1: <laughs> but goodwood is a is, uh... It's an amazing circuit because, uh, as someone who's into road cars, Goodwood's one of the few circuits where a road car can really breathe, um, and it's um, and you can demonstrate the performance pretty well. It doesn't kill the brakes too quickly, so you can go and have a really good time. Whereas most other circuits tend to just make road cars feel unspectacular and hammer their brakes. Goodwood, I think, is a great place for road cars.
3: Yeah, I'd agree. It's, it's got a flow to it. It's very high speed, isn't it, Derek? I mean, you know, you can you can get it wrong there. In a big way but there's not a lot of big breaks not a lot of big stops
2: no it that, that's absolutely right they're, they're all sort of just down to third gear from fifth not right like down to second uh, as it were for the corner and the car the corners do flow but i i i find good with a track you really must respect because if you go in there thinking oh here comes turn one which of course is called magic and you go flying up to it it's a double apex and then you get to the you get to the kink, you know. Then you get down to the next lot. You all go from one corner into another, nearly the whole way round. So you've got to have the the entrance to the first corner right to get it through the second. It, it's really it's a tricky circuit. I think you have to take your time. Well, I'm just going to quickly read out some of the some of the things that are on offer
1: in this auction because I, I it's easy to become a bit blase about these things. But what what's on offer here is spectacular. Okay, here's a taster. So. Uh, The first listed item is panic passes for two people for the 2021 Silverstone Grand Prix to include lunch with Ross Braun and other F1 luminaries. Uh, That's donated by Ross himself. So, that's unobtainium. I'm going to use that word a few times when I describe these things. The next, how about this? A six-bedroom villa in the south of France for seven nights to coincide with the 2021 Monaco Historic Grand Prix in April to include grandstand seats for four... In casino square that's donated by jeremy holland of hfmc wealth now that that again does strike me as being uh, quite quite something an apartment overlooking lake como over four nights to coincide with villa Deste, uh the Concorde d'elegance um the, you know the, the premium one in the world really to include tickets for two people that's from nigel rowley of mackerel solicitors um I mean, the list goes on. And number five here, Derek, you might want to bid on this, a set of Damon Hill's race overalls. Oh, lovely.
3: Just what bit, I need. Just a a what bit, I need another set. a bit baggy <laughs> on you, Derek. You you've <laughs> kept your figure, I noticed that. Oh, Here's dear. a question. Damon, how
1: many, how many sets of race overalls have you still got lying around? I presume you've, you've been very generous over the years. You've probably given away most of them, haven't you?
3: Um, I've got, I got a few more um, Jordan ones. The F1 racing overalls. I mean, I've kept kind of one for every from every year, but I've got very few left of the of the Rothmans years. They're 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 sort of two prices to let go now. I did let one go for the FIA auction, Sotheby's. I think it it, it was that did it. Um, excuse me if I'm wrong with Sotheby's, maybe it was maybe it's another one. But anyway, um, but um, uh, and, and that was for COVID, the, the fight against COVID auction. That uh, that raised quite a few quid. But uh, I, I'm running out, you're right. I mean, we didn't, now they get a different set of overalls every time they put them on, and just put them apart, yeah. same with helmets.
1: And a different, cra- the crash helmet thing is so important to me. The crash helmet is the identity of the driver. And now, I don't know who I'm looking at.
3: No. No. Well, I thought the Lando one he did was very good. I thought that that kind of shows that they are interacting with people. So the fan, if you like, especially a young, a young fan, I think, I think your name was Eva or something, so yeah. what a great thing to have had that she took part in the event in a way so that's kind of good I think that was quite clever Clever.
1: I get the feeling
3: before I lift,
1: in a minute I want to just read out what the charities are that you guys support because and it's not being disrespectful reading I just can't i can't. I'm so stupid I can't retain all that so I'll read them out in a minute but on the subject of Lando he's a little bit he's a little bit too good for F1 at the moment, isn't he? Everything he touches seems to be wonderful. I, he's, he brings this breath of fresh air. When I when I see his name now, it seems always preface something great. I think it's it's great for the sport.
3: Yeah. Um, um. I mean, Derek. I'm sure Derek wants to comment, but I mean, from my point of view, I looked at him when I when he first turned up. Uh, I saw his results in GP2. Uh, sorry, F2. Um, and. Uh, and I looked at I said, he looked so too young and kind of, he's quite petite. Um, I just thought, is he going to be able to cope with the stresses? He can cope. He hasn't got a problem. He's he's hit the ground. He's totally cool with himself. What a great uh, character he is.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I must admit, he to me, he obviously made that first Grand Prix in Austria. And uh, ever since then, he's been flying, as you said. Uh, I love the way he seems so calm and cool. And uh, I think the public, when they're watching it on TV, don't seem to realise, and I think something that you guys should put over more, just how close these cars run, you know, in a corner. And some of those moves they make, they do it in slow motion, you go, oh, well, plenty of room there. They're doing 150 miles an hour with two inches between the wheels. But I think, you know, the way he's moved, I think him going to McLaren at this point was a really magnificent move all round. You know, they're making their comeback. They said how many years it would take. They're doing just that and he's proving them, you know, that he's absolutely a vital part of the team. Mm. So let's just quickly talk about these charities.
1: So the first charity that's going to be supported uh, through this auction um, is Hope for Tomorrow. So Hope for Tomorrow supply mobile cancer care units across the country. So um, during the global health crisis, cancer patients are among the most vulnerable members of society. Hope for Tomorrow and our mobile cancer care units allow patients to receive their treatments in a local and safe environment. So I think you can understand right at the moment the idea of a mobile unit um, to to give out that help is is crucial. The next is the HALO Trust. Uh, The HALO project is dedicated to supporting creating opportunities for young people aged 16 and above with a learning disability so that they are able to live independent, meaningful, fulfilled lives and are more involved in their local community um and uh there's a, no those, are the, those are, so those are the two main charities that you guys have, have helped support and that's where um uh, this, the funds will end up there's, there's another element to this as well that we need to talk about which is and there's not a fixed date for this yet i'm told um but uh Veloci wants to offer the opportunity for you to drive your car down to the goodwood circuit and have a photo opportunity with one of these heroes here. I can't because my screen's different to theirs. Um, and other luminaries, um, uh potentially Ross Braun, uh, a Frankiti or two. Um, so go down to the Goodwood Motor Circuit and for £285, you can have a lovely photograph of yourself with your pride and joy, um, and a quick bit of chat with the with the guys, and away you go and it'll be presented to you framed. I'm sure it'll be lovely. Um, and that money will also go straight into the charity so um and i everyone has a slightly pent-up desire i think to go on a little trip in their car and what you need for a journey is to find a destination and this will sort it out for you but the the again the details for the date for that will be on the website i think very soon okay um I, I, i'm trying to think if there's anything else within within that I, have i covered it all
3: off i think i have haven't i guys I speak that's the, the main part of it I, I, yeah I mean Derek, Derek used to be local but he's still in Florida right? Mean, how are you going to do that then it's, it's not like a no I probably party.
2: won't I probably won't be there you see I just I can't see me getting back I mean anyway I won't go into the difficult.: well why don't, but, we, why don't we get a cardboard cut out of you Derek we do one of those cardboard cutter <laughs> it really depends on the date of when it is because I'm trying to get back for an event they're hopefully holding at Goodwood at some point during the autumn so I'm hoping to get back for that by the time this thing quietens down a bit. But it, over here, it's, it's carnage. The fact is getting on a, fla- a plane and sitting for nine hours with mm. a load of sweaty people that uh, might have COVID. That's the worrying thing. Mm. I'm going to sit there with a hazmat suit on, I think, and mm. look like something for out of space if I do it. Yeah. But yeah, that, we might do that. We might come back in late September. Well, please do, because people would love mm. to have the photograph taken with you. And I know this good,
1: it's going to be called the Goodwood... Is it the Speed Week, they're calling it? Or what was it called? Okay. It's called It's called Speed
2: Week. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: the invite's just gone out for that. So I'm sure that'll be a fantastic event. But this this is separate. I, I, you know, so please, everyone, get down there, have a photo taken. Fantastic course. Now, guys, um, the Grand Prix at the weekend. So we're recording this just after the first of the Silverstone uh, Grand Prix events. Um, which for me as as an F1 fan that watches Damon commentate on these things, and I'm sure Derek is the same, was it left me halfway through thinking, I think I might go and do some gardening instead. And then it just lit up at the end. So do we think that there was a bit of luck involved in Lewis getting that car back? Or did he demonstrate enormous skill to save that front left and get it back? Over to you, Derek. Oh, I
2: hope you would picked the expert. Um, no, I mean, when I saw it, I thought, poor old Schappen, he's not going to win yet again. I mean, that guy is so darn good and so controlled, it seems. And they brought him in, but they weren't to know that he, uh, that he had one more lap left on those tiles or even half a lap left, you know, or that Lewis had half a lap left. So I, I thought it, it it turned into an amazing event in that respect. But I think Lewis was incredibly fortunate. But, you know. That those teams did a heck of a job. I mean, they knew that he had another lap left in him more than, uh, than Botas because he had pitched, Botas had pitched one lap sooner, I believe I'm right in saying. So overall, I thought it was, he drove incredibly well to bring it around.
3: But my goodness, six or
2: seven seconds is pretty close
3: but and Derek you you would have known what it's like to have driven on three wheels because every driver eventually some point or other racing drivers know what it's like to only have three wheels <laughs> but it it is, it is it isn't it isn't impossible it's actually more oh, difficult no. than the rear the front is not so bad
2: no it's absolutely i mean you can see the car just going along and the wheel of the tire really didn't you know get worse and appreciate as he came along on the straight it's only when you go through a right hand corner your left hand tyre gets it or through a left hand corner your right hand tyre front tyre gets it so no i think it's quite i mean the chassis are so rigid which i think not all the, the fans realize they're just like a go-kart really there's no give in it at all so the only give is going to be literally when it sort of peels over because there's nothing to stop it
3: no that's right i mean it's uh it's probably I mean, it still requires an awful lot of faith and, and ability. I mean, I think Lewis was sort of using the front wing as a kind of stabiliser. You could see him sort of leaning on it, and it was just about able to keep the front from, from totally tipping under. But um, it added that amazing bit of drama. There was a dull bit, Chris, in the middle, I'll be honest. And, and and if you look closely, you might just see me cycling back from the paddock to my caravan to go and get some chocolate biscuits. But, um <laughs> How
1: wonderfully, wonderfully British Damon. The other thing I loved was your, I think it was on Instagram, and if you don't follow Damon on Instagram, you really should. It's a fantastic account. Just that picture of the Omar to, to, our, to one of our great champions was, a, was a, a, a white van that was Damon Hill liveried. I just loved your response to that. This is what my, 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 my legacy has become.
3: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that might be a valuable second-hand van that one day, you know. Uh, but uh, silstone commemorating me by sticking my name on the side of a van—that's quite nice.
1: How did it feel? How did it, how did the place feel without the bustle and everyone there? Because it there was, the the Grand Prix weekend is is so wonderfully busy and and, and it's just a, it's a sea of people and activity. To, to not
3: have that must have felt so weird. Very weird. Um, you kept on thinking this is weird you know that's how weird it was it was you never got used to it you never got used to the fact that there was you go in the paddock and normally it's an ordeal getting from one place to the next because you get uh, copious amounts of people with things to sign and stuff and you you kind of get irritated after a bit with people asking stuff and then when they're not there you're going well this is a very empty feeling you're very you know you don't get that reaction that, that sense that 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 this is important and of course it is important it's as important from the world championships point of view as it ever was but there's no sense of occasion
1: do you think it will be viewed whoever wins it as a lesser championship in the future or do you think it will have equal status in people's minds
3: i don't know derek what do you think i I think i think it's going to be slightly less but 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 still counts
2: yeah, but but I, I mean, Damon, I I've gotten a number, but they quoted that it was the record view, record number of viewers watched that race. Whether it was around the world or it was in Britain, I don't know, but counted in the millions. I saw it on Monday, uh, so people watched it. People, I think the thing about this year is people are starved of real sport. They can't watch half the sports they'd like to, so when Grand Prix racing, you've got them. It is exciting. The noise, even if it's a little different noise to we used to get you to know, but. It's still very, very exciting, and you have got heroes in it. And I think, I think it will go down, yeah, because not everybody goes to the race. When you think about it, they get what three hundred and fifty thousand over the weekend or something, and here we are with millions watching it on TV. So, uh, and and in a, at a time that people want to be entertained. And th- thank goodness I can watch some sport. I mean, I, on Sunday, for example, here I'm in America. Five hours different. You know, I watched um, I watched the Grand Prix, and then I went on to watch the Cup Final. You know, it was it was it was it was a great day of sport. Thank goodness, otherwise there's damn all to do apart from watch the hurricane go through.
1: What's it like, both of you, being a you know the top of your trade and 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 being at at a British Grand Prix and being a driver? It must just be, is that not the pinnacle of your career to have the home crowd? behind you. I mean, it must just, you must just feel like you're just floating on air. It must be gorgeous.
2: You should ask Damon that. He he won the damn thing. I, I did it two or three times in some rather dubious cars. So, you know, he, he must be incredible to be as good as he was, win the championship and everything that went with it. And having followed it with his father too. You know, it's absolutely amazing for Damon. I mean, it's his home, isn't mm-hmm. it?
3: I think I think when you're away, Derek will relate to this. I mean, when you're racing abroad, you do kind of get the sense that you can turn up and get on with your job and and do the race and and there's fans and stuff, but you can you can kind of fly under the radar a little bit. When you go to the British Grand Prix as a, a British Grand Prix driver, um, it's attention. It's and it's it's mostly good, but there's also pressure because of the expectation. So you know it's the big one, um, and um, you know that everyone everyone's rooting for you as well so the great thing is of course if that, if it if it does come off um and you 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 actually manage to get through to the end in, in the lead then um then everybody's happy and that was the great thing about when i when i won I, the sense that everybody had had a fantastic day and you see this with with lewis that they stay out all weekend and it can be tipping down with rain um and Know, they've been they've been living rough. <laughs> a lot of them have been living rough there, up in a field and stuff in Northamptonshire for a few days, and then they then they get to celebrate with Lewis and maybe hoist him aloft and uh, do a bit of crowd surfing, and they go home so happy. It's fantastic.
1: Do you think do you think the crowd is worth a tenth a lap if you're if you're qualifying if you if you can he- if you if you could hear that noise?
3: I, I honestly think that there is adrenaline is an, is a really powerful thing in our sport, isn't it? I mean, you know you if you get a shot of it at the right moment then it can definitely make you do things you wouldn't normally have done and so seeing people cheering for you a couple of times i got a shot of adrenaline at the wrong moment or in the wrong way (laughs) collide with michael schumacher that was a bit too much adrenaline i think Um, so i'm blaming i'm not going to blame the crowd for that no that was my fault but um you know other times terrific and uh, definitely a big boost so
1: guys do you think that we will never ever begrudge a queue into Silverstone ever again. Now we've seen it so empty that no one ever has a right to complain about the traffic jams going in ever again.
2: Oh, I agree. I mean, you know, it it, it used to be hideous, um, but people got very nitty about it. But, you know, they've been there three days. That was the point. They just wanted to get out of it. and It was chaotic. But I think they've done such a wonderful job of organizing with their local authorities that people do get away a lot quicker than they used to, that's for sure. So i don't, but, as you say, I don't think in the future we have to worry about people bitching and moaning too much. we' so relieved to be able to go next year
1: what was uh david what was your give us some insight what was your trick of getting in and out when you know at the peak of your powers when you were you still are famous but when you when you really were the man, how did you get in and out was it a moped was it a crash helmet was it a helicopter? how did you get in and out
3: well in the in the early days um you could get in through sort of backs and back entrances, but they' kind of got them covered now um but um and when i wasn't racing i used to turn up so i used to turn up on a bike about five minutes before the race started <laughs> well that's not when i was racing um because literally it's an amazing thing i've literally driven in over the bridge as the cars were on the formation lap and then just thought and just drove straight in and watched the race anyway that was when i wasn't racing um but uh, otherwise I didn't helicopter, I never helicoptered, I don't remember helicoptering in, but we, in my early days with my dad we used to fly in, so we used to fly into places like Brands as well, and uh, that's interesting, flying into Brands Hatch. Flying into
1: Browns Hatch?
3: Yeah, there's a field which is also a car park, so you come in over the road and literally have to get it down quite quickly above the, just over the hedge, and then you get people walking across the runway with their hampers, and, uh, and and they're holding on to their children and stuff. So it was a bit hairy back in the day, a grass runway, but um, Silverstone had a proper big time. Obviously it was made for bombers, so they're big enough to take massive airplanes. It's a
1: question for both of you. Silverstone is now the home of the British Grand Prix, but it, it wasn't always that way. It used to rotate and change. If 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 every single big circuit in the UK had a, had an F1 license to hold a Grand Prix, what would be the first circuit, Derek, that you'd like
2: to see a british grand prix instead of silverstone except apart from silverstone
1: yeah
2: yeah sorry um i i thought brand's hatch was an amazing circuit to be honest i mean it's like a mini Nürburgring, very much a mini one but i mean the ups the undulations and the cambers (laughs) and the corners and i think it's brands i always i have hate to say this but i used to prefer racing there uh, brands because of that to even Silverstone, which in those days was much more of an open airfield. So it was a little bit boring, if that's the right word, at 170 miles an hour. But now I think Brands would be my favourite. I mean, you've got Donington and the things, but I don't think it's long enough.
0: Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact.
3: No, I would agree. Um, you know, the, the, the old brands heat hatched long circuit before they changed it uh, was absolutely beautiful. And I remember doing it in an F3 car and just thinking, this is the, the most amazing track. It, the car was balanced perfectly. And also race bikes there. So I was champion of brands. So I got to know it on, on two wheels as well. A uh, Lovely. It's got the, the sense of going, you know, diving down into corners and then rise the rises and the off cambers or the the one clear way is when you come in and the car just gets really light and it's always drifting towards the edge of the track, but you're just going to go, oh, I'm just going to make it. It's a great feeling.
1: No, we are, we're blessed with some, with some amazing circuits in this country, but it, it I don't know, it, it seems a shame that there is a monopoly for Silverstone on the Grand Prix. I'd love to, I just love seeing the cars in different places. I'm actually very excited about the fact that they're going to port him out because um, that's a place I've done loads of work. We've been testing cars there for, you know, more than ten years now, and it is a remarkable piece of topography. I mean, it's it's real roller coaster. I'm slightly worried as to how they're going to overtake there. I have to say, but um, but it be I think it's great seeing the cars out of their normal context, seeing them on different circuits.
3: Yeah, Chris, you've been you. I saw you in the electric car, um that ridiculous electric. Uh, I don't know which who what make that was. Was it a Neo or something
1: or no? The Volkswagen IDR they built to win Pikes Peak. That's what it was. But that that circuit yeah. is is you're going to love Damien. do Have you been there
3: before? Well, I went there last year and just went for a look around in a road car, but it's there's got, there's got some blind rises and crests, doesn't it? I mean, are that, is that safe for an F1 car?
1: I mean, Well, there's one, there's one big, I, I just know them as numbers, but basically you, you, you fire down this massive gully up the other side and there's a totally, you've come over a crest, there's a blind crest and a braking zone immediately afterwards. And I think a Formula 1 car will be doing 180 miles an hour when it pops up yeah. from there. I don't, I don't know how they're going to stop them. Wow. Wow. Mm. Did, did,
2: did you ever drive it? Uh, this is not Ascari you're talking about, is
1: it? No, no. This is, no, a, okay. this
2: is in Portugal. I'm, I'm, Ascari is, is remarkable, isn't it? Mr. Yeah, Zbark? that's what I thought. He, I he's probably uh, a but we used to test there with Bentley and stuff with the Le Mans car and it. It was just magnificent. Did you did uh, if it went wrong, you'd end up in trouble there. Yeah, exactly. But there's lots of places like that. Alton Park's not exactly favourite. But, see, I think Alton might have made a very good Grand Prix track. I, my first ever Formula One race was at Alton Park in the Gold Cup in the Ferrari. And it was fabulous.
1: What, was, what, was, what do you think was the best circuit for one of your longer-legged endurance races, a so nine-five-six-nine-six-two Was Le Mans where they felt happiest, or a Silverstone, or a Suzuka? What, what, what,
2: where did they really sing? You can actually ask Damon this because he threw over Lamont, didn't you, Damon? But um I, 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 Le Mans had is the best in my opinion because it's got these long corners, it's got it had longer straights, even now it's pretty much like that. Um, you know, 24 hours is terribly physical. And the and the thought of going through those extra chicanes that they've thrown in was certainly something that the guys have had to reckon with. But it was a very relaxing track once you got over the fact you're doing 230 plus miles an hour. Because the you only drove cars that were stable they were good uh, at least i did i was lucky enough and um the car but it was le mans was probably the most exciting track to drive re- really really fast when they said okay go and have a go call it get and pole and that was really really exciting because of the speed of those fast corners and just going from one to the other there's no great undulations you know it was just magnificent and i also drove on the original le mans track you know when we used to use the white house not have the porsche curves as it were so even that was magnificent as well what about you dame
3: well i drove with you in uh, 88 i think it was or 89 yeah, 89 right. it was, and it was richard lloyd uh, so i, I really? wasn't in the same car as you but i was in the no, same, no. and uh you were we were both in richard lloyd porsches and um no i mean what an experience uh, um i mean going down the Molesand sounds straight and you got a minute all i remember is they kept on saying you've got to check the fuel readout when you cross when you pass the end of the straight and you've got and i couldn't see it because it was dark so i had to go down the Molson straight and find the light switch and so turn on the light switch in the car to read them to read what the monitor said and and try and work out roughly what it would say when i got to the other but of course the moment you turn the light on in the car you can't see out No.
2: I didn't realize you were doing that i must have had a light on all the time or something <laughs> but it, that, but you see chris you probably don't realize but we we drove in those days at le mans with the fuel with the fuel economy and um you know uh, it was it was just awful as you went down the Mulsanne Strait, straight you had a readout in the middle of the steering wheel you know how big a steering wheel is on a race car and think about the size of small well a, a matchbox, and on it it had 11 12 13 which the number of laps you could do on a tackle and down the up down the side was 1 to 13, and across on this chart, it showed you at lap 6, you'd have, uh, you'd have used six, 48 litres. And you had to be on 48 and look at the actual readout on the right of the, the rev counter and see just how much fuel you'd used. And it had to be at a certain point. It was absolutely farcical. I used to get so upset with the FIA about it. I got in so much trouble from Porsche because I kept complaining. But it was a joke. I mean, it was, you know, doing an economy run, it, we were still driving like hell in the corners. But, you, you know, you have to be modest in your power and your acceleration. Do you remember then.
3: They used to lift off, you know, that crest after the, after the King? Yeah. Lift off, just at the top of that, and coast. That's you know, right. Just coast because you're saving fuel. Anyway, yeah. that's a... It Another was thing. great. It was great. I, I, I would have thought Spa would have been great in a, in a Group C car as well.
2: Yeah, it, obviously, it was. I drove the 917 around the old circuit. You know, I did that one year. That was amazing. I mean, you're,
1: you're welcome to that. What's Burneville like in a
2: 917, Derek? Um, it was, well, Burneville was, that's the bottom, no, that's Stableau at the bottom. Burneville. Burneville's that
1: t- down the hill after the, uh, so you go Eau Rouge up the top to Lake Combe, then you come down, it's that 170 mile an hour right hander
2: downhill, where now there's a wooded area on the left with a load of headstones and crosses. Yeah. Oh, Janet, you know, I have to admit, That was the only place that I crashed in really basically all my sports car. And it was not, I was in a, I was in a BMW. I can't think that's a good reason to crash, but it was on my first lap out on new tires, which I'd just come in from with worn tires. And I, I didn't see the bit of tape on the steering wheel or wherever they put it saying new tires. And I turned into Bernabeu and I went straight into the guardrail, but that was the longest corner in Europe. I don't know if Damon ever went round it, but he went on and on. And there's a house on the right hand side as you went, which is almost the apex. And this old boy used to sit like on the deck in his chair and just watch you go by sort of two foot away from his chair. It was uncanny. It was a really tricky corner. But because you couldn't see right round it, I don't think you ever took it really, really flat because you could, you know, or as fast as you could go if, you, if the house hadn't been there. But there was a heck of a track. But the, the, the most tricky was Master Kink, which you went on from burnerville went down over the top, down past Malmedy, down that sort of where I think Jackie Stewart had an incident, and two or three of them did, in the Grand Prix once, with the water with rain. And then you turned into a left and a right through the houses at the Master Kink. And that was, you, it was nearly flat. Um, and it was, it was uh, there were so many stories, I won't go into it now, but if you interview me privately, I'll tell you. And it, that was the worst moment of my life I was going through there and this bloke was just pulling away from the guardrail like having had a cup of tea and there was no room. Anyway, we got through. But that, that was the, the, as we say, through the, through the little village at Master King. That was the worst part because you had to change the
3: don't, don't feel too bad, Derek. Don't feel too bad about having um, the heebie-jeebies about spark. Because my, when my dad first went there, he literally did one lap, came in, sat in the pits and said, I oh, don't think I can do this. So- <laughs> did he really? yeah and and yeah. apparently they went up to my mum and said he's uh, he's having a bit of a moment um and um and then they said just well just have a think about it and then he mm. had to have a think about it and set off again but and, you know damon i
2: you've yeah. driven some pretty bad cars too and and um, i think the thing is depends on how good the car was
3: yeah
2: or is and um uh, I, I you know i was in my time and you would have been too. it sort of if you were like in Mike, your career at the same doing the same race tracks it was just intimidating to go to these places where, you know, there were two people killed last year here and that sort of thing. And I mean, it, it was, it was pretty terrifying, but if you had a good car and you had a certain amount of confidence in yourself, you could do it. But it was, it was pretty damn frightening. I mean, my first ever sports car race of my life was in a Ferrari 5124 Jack Swatters in the yellow Ferrari around Spa. And I mean, that was, you know, against the factory Ferraris and Porsches. And it, it was, it was worrying. The car caught a light twice on the refueling, which was fun. Burnt me eyebrows and that sort of We've all been through that. But mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, a, it's the most amazing track. I mean, that to me is the most, probably along with Nürburgring, it's the most sort of character forming race tracks you're ever going to come across.
1: I think the long Spa to go, because I, I go and do the six hour historic thing every year. Though I really love it. It's a, and, um, but I, whenever I go, I always go and drive the old track and we get on, because at the Master King, there's now the Master Fruitery, isn't there? You can go and stop and have your chips, There's some curbstones from the old track and you can go and see the old Stavolo. And, and I, we always go and have a good long walk because it's just awe-inspiring what you guys did there. There's um, long stretches. I mean, the bit from Stavolo back to where it joins at Blanchemont I mean, you must you must have been full beans for yeah.
2: 30 seconds. Yeah, very, very. Neat. I, I, I can. I mean, I visualise it. I go over it quite frequently in my mind when I'm having a, a bad dream, and and literally go round Stablo, because obviously the faster you come out of Stavlo, the faster you go up to what they call the White House, but you still had to back off for that. So you had that first bit as you say, and then round the long left, and then you came up to the White House, which was a house on the right-hand side. And you'd look down, this is in the 917, you know, my, my second ever sports car race there. And you sort of look down and you're pulling, you know, as you come out, and you're pulling eight one or seven eight or whatever, the 100 revs more than before. And which you took you up to the next corner. The problem is when you got there, which was nearly flat, you're going to ride there 100 revs quicker, basically. So you had to allow for that, but you wanted to go through there super quick to get a better time. And it was, a, it was just an amalgam of picking up time as you went up. And then you had to wait three and a half minutes to come down before they put the board out to tell you what you just did. And you said, shit, what did I really do that? <laughs> you know, it was, and I got pole one year the, in the 917, that year actually, at 161 mile an hour average around the old spy. And I mean, it was unbelievable. I, can't, I Still today, I, did, I forgot actually how quick we were. And then you look at me, really? I mean, they did 150 in the electric car recently. And there was a great rave about it. We did 161, you know, on the old track, in a car with a load of tubes, as you said yourself earlier. With
1: your ankles, with your ankles sitting ahead of the front axle line. I mean, Derek, you know, you, do you not look back and think, what was I
2: doing? Yes, but we all did the same. You would have done it, Chris. Damon would have done it. You know what I mean? We both just said, he said, do you realise how, how the tubes were on those cars? But we'd have done it because it was the best car. I mean, people were clamoring to drive that 917. All the Formula One drivers that had driven it, you know, at that era, because it was the best car out there. It was the fastest, and it wasn't scary. I didn't have, you see, I didn't have to go through that those two couple of seasons of the car wanting <laughs> to take off. I mean, I got in it on that third year, and it was perfect. And it was it was magnificent car. Anybody could drive it. It was really good. But Damon, old racing cars that you've not driven.
1: That you'd love to have driven and you'd still like to drive now. Name me one.
3: I've not driven. Um I probably would have only say old, I mean, you know, there's <laughs> there's um yeah, I mean the very old cars are are not my well, I didn't find them much fun to drive. They're a bit they're a bit <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of slack in them. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, they don't really do much. But um I think I'd probably like to have a go in in maybe um What's that Mariandretti Andretti uh, Lotus, the, the one that the grand- 49. yeah. I'd like to have a go on that.
1: Yeah, we I, I got to drive that last year for a for um for a top gear film and I have to say, mm. just you know, it, it had enough trap and tricker in it to make it very interesting. But the DFV, as you know, anything with a DFV in it's gonna be great, isn't it? Yeah. And the car so easy to drive and I, I had this sense as I drove it that I just can imagine Mario turning up to Hethel to test it. And I think he must have known within five minutes of first testing it that he knew who's going to be the world champion. He must have just gone, Oh my God, uh, this yeah. is the thing. Nothing's going to beat this.
2: Yeah. What was that one called? What was that chassis?
3: 49, was it? 79. Oh, 79. Yeah. 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 49 was it. My dad's, my dad's one. one. That's yeah. right. Well, 79 had gun. the
1: skirts that came down and it was the first ground effect car. Yeah. yeah.
3: And, um, But it was it was just so easy to drive.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I drove. Sorry,
3: don't tell everyone.
2: (laughs) No, (laughs) no, exactly. But you know, you're talking about cars that you you wish you could have driven, or you you drove certain cars that I did in F1, which weren't necessarily that special, because you know you you assume (laughs) that they aren't that aren't good enough to be in the special ones, as we well know. But I went to kailami what four or five years ago, actually, with with Top Gear live. And uh, David Coulthard was in was in the um, was in the Red Bull, and uh, um, Jody Schechter was in his World Championship winning Ferrari, and a couple of his sons were driving other ones, other Ferraris. And I drove the Lotus seventy two, which is the one Emerson won the championship with. And I went out, you know, to do three laps, just you know, for filming. And on the third lap, I went whoa, and I came in. They said, did you like this?" I said, "This is beautiful." And then they said, "Well, you can go longer, you know, go fifteen laps." So. I went out and did another 10 to 12 laps and it was the most beautiful car i'd ever driven on a racetrack and then i realized i was driving a world champion's car yeah and when you drive a world champions car you probably realize how good yours was when you were but it was it was superb and it just does things you want and it i learned a lot from that you know that some cars aren't as good as others or it, it put it home to me Right, guys, I think
1: um, you've been very generous with your time. And I'm going to be a bit impatient and say that in the future, I'd love to get uh, a, a longer piece of material from both of you because both of your stories are fascinating and, and you're great raconteurs and storytellers. But for now, uh, and on behalf of Collecting Cars, we can't wait to host this stuff for you. Uh, thanks for the charity, what you do. Uh, and let's try and get this Veloci photo shoot thing up and running. And also think for uh, to next year, when um, we can get you all, again, driving some guests around Goodwood and, and showing them a good time. But thank you so much for, for your time, Damon. Uh, best of luck with the Grand Prix next weekend. Derek, enjoy the Florida sunshine. Watch out for the alligators. Um, and uh, it's over and out from all of us. Goodbye.
2: Thanks very much, Chris. Well
1: Collecting cars. The safe, smart and simple way to buy and sell collectible cars. An online auction platform, for the UK and Europe. Follow us on Instagram at CollectingCars and also CollectingCars.com.